Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to the LUA Podcast Studios. I am your host, Eric, and this is Listen Up, America. Well, we started last week, spent a bit of time kind of laying down the train wreck of Afghanistan happening before our eyes by an inept government. It's uh, a little early to say it was all Biden or it was all intelligence or it was all the Pentagon. From what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, it's uh, it's a collective cluster fuck. All hands on deck. Every one of them's got blood on their hands for this one. You know, I kind of talked about it last week with Afghanistan. You know, and I'll kind of refresh here. Back in 2001, we had three options. We do nothing. You know, and nothing in the sense of you drop a bomb on somebody and you call it a win and you just, but you don't do anything. The problem remains. Plan number two, which was the one I thought was the most applicable, nuke it. Send a message to the Muslim world that your behavior from this point forward will no longer be tolerated. And, you know, people on both sides are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, I'll just remind you our history. We did this before. We dropped two nuclear bombs in Japan. Killed over 100,000 people instantly and 100, 200, 300,000 after because of radiation and so forth. It saved millions of Japanese. It saved millions of Americans and the Allies. Millions. The numbers projected on American losses alone. Because in theory, the Japanese are going to fight to the end if the emperor said so. So you'd have tens of millions of Japanese killed. Well, the number was between anywhere in 8 and 15 million American dead wounded to take the island, the country of Japan. That was the numbers back in 1945. Two bombs, peace. Peace with our, in my opinion, our biggest ally. We are economically, militarily, even to a sense, culturally dependent and cohesive. And I still believe that sending that message following through and letting the entire Muslim world know that goes next if an American city or citizens are attacked. That's next. I don't want to hear about proportionate. I want to hear, I'm going to behave and become a global citizen and not do this anymore. There are consequences to your bad actions, period. The third choice was we go, we fight Al-Qaeda, we wipe out the Taliban, They are different, just so you know. But the Taliban has always been in cahoots with Al-Qaeda. They've never disavowed them. They've been asked multiple times, swear them off, swear them off, you know. No, they won't do it because they have the same agenda, just two different ways of getting there slightly. Taliban's more interested in just wiping out its own people. And if they can spill over into centuries and centuries of war and get into Pakistan and Afghanistan and, you know, China and just kind of just like a disease, just spread out, just keep consuming. And if it takes them a millennia, they're fine with it. They are totally fine with it. We are an instant gratification Western world. That's what we are. If we can't have it now, then I don't want it at all. 
And to a man and woman in the Western civilization, we all got fat, dumb, and lazy. We lost touch because it wasn't sexy anymore. An American hadn't died in Afghanistan since last February. Been over a year. Well, then you got to remember the media when Bush went in and then Trump was there, they could not wait every night when those two were in the office to tell you that one American died or three Americans died or 10 Americans died. Could not wait. Obama takes office in between, remember? You couldn't hear a thing. Nobody talked about anything. Nothing. Shh. There's nothing to see here. And that way of going about it from the mainstream media's perspective, this lies on them too. And uh, oh boy, are they acting all high and mighty and I'm going to play you a ton of clips. Whether we like it or not, the mainstream media has an influence on the sheep of this country because that's their life. They just, well, they said it, so it's got to be true. Or they didn't say it, so we just forget about it. And shame on us all that forgot about it. If you're out there listening going, man, I didn't realize. Learn from this. Shame on you. We had tens of thousands of troops in Afghanistan. And since our last soldier died there, the peace was kept. Why are we there? To keep the peace. Why are we anywhere? I have a list of all the bases around the globe that we're at and have been at. Some since 1945 and longer. You all know we're in Japan, right? We're in Germany. We're in Belgium. We're in Italy. We have a base in Kenya. Did you even know that? Shh, don't talk about that, Eric. I know. We're in the Indian Ocean. Diego Garcia. We have a base in Greece. Shh, don't talk about the base in Greece. I know. We have a base in Cuba, Guantanamo Bay. We've got a base in Puerto Rico. We have a medical research facility in Peru that is military-based. I'm just saying. Oh, by the way, we've been in Korea since 1950. We've never left any of these places. And we'll play clips, but Biden, straight up, we're not supposed to stay everywhere and be, we're not the world's police. We are. We have a responsibility. I don't like it, but when you're the big boy, you got to wear the big pants. The reality is, if we're not in Japan, we're not in Korea, China runs amok. Runs amok. They're drooling over themselves because we are leaving Afghanistan. They're already making deals. Their embassy's still open. So's Russia's. They're making deals. You do what you want with your people and all that stuff. We just want to help you uh, mine. They want to mine Afghanistan because they have these thing called rare earth minerals. Well, what's that? I, I've heard that before. What is all that? You know those battery-powered cars you are, uh, well, you guys really aren't, but the liberals are falling in love with. <laughs> yeah, all that crap comes from that. And China controls 80-plus percent of that mineral. They have access to it. Trump was trying to stop that and acquire and remove them from just this country alone. They got to get out of here. We're going to take over those mines. And he was doing that. You cannot let an enemy of this country control all of something. You think China's going to cut you a deal? When they're the only ones making it and processing it? America, you want this? It's going to cost you California. I mean, literally, they could, we'll take Alaska. They can negotiate anything they want. They have what you want. It's kind of a capitalism thing that communism uses against us, and we allow it. But Afghanistan, I told you now five weeks ago that this was going to end quickly and badly. But apparently the State Department, the Pentagon, and the White House... They were busy, you know, leaving the southern border wide open and teaching critical race theory. You know, I have a young man who's a friend of this family that is at West Point, and he's going to have to take three classes on why he's a racist. 
three. That ought to help him when he's in the battlefield trying to engage the enemy and protect his fellow soldiers. I just can't imagine anything more valuable than that. Not morals, not tactics, not history. How can you not have a, your pulse on history of what not to do and what did work and what could work again? You know, forget all that. Let's just talk about how racist we are. That's where these government dipshits are at. They just don't care. They are so out of touch, they just don't care. So we're going to get into this in this next segment. But I just want to remind you that going there, like Bush suggested, fine. But then you stay. You don't have to be everywhere. You can maintain Bagram. I can't believe we gave that one up. We had a couple other airfields throughout. Just being a presence. Logistically, we'd have to offer virtually very little. But giving the mental and physical support to the Afghan people and their army, cutting off the monies, you guys are going to have to stand on your own two feet economically to a point. I mean, you can't. we cannot fund their army. They, we were paying a lot of their people more than we pay our people. And I, I've said, and I, I believe to almost to a man, they're just a bunch of cowards. They don't believe in anything. There is a small group building up the vice president of the country that stayed and, and a warlord out there. They're trying to build a resistance out in some province in the middle of nowhere. And I hope it works out. I hope they're able to gather and build and do something. But from what I'm seeing and hearing, uh, don't expect it to last long. But again, props for at least trying. That's the entire point. You have to try. You know, back in the 80s, we always talked about, is it better to be red or dead? And I'm like, there's a third option. Why can't I stand on my feet and fight? And if I die doing it, I can live with that. Because I don't want to be red and I don't want to be dead, but I'll fight the red. And if it makes me dead, so be it. At least you, you went out on your shield. You fought for something you believed in. You fought for your family. You fought for the women and children of your country. It just blows me away. I said, you see C-17s rolling down the tarmac. And all you see running and clinging to the planes are a bunch of dudes that are like 20 years old. That would be called military-aged males. They're running. There were no women. There were no children. They weren't carrying anybody. They were just, we're out. Get me on the plane. I'm out. Grab a rifle, stand a post, and fight. But they wanted to run. So I stand by that a majority of the military-aged men in Afghanistan are a bunch of cowards. They believe in nothing but the dollar. But in my mind, you know, when we decided to stay, and then we decided to leave, it's like, well, that country is going to last about two seconds. We have not been attacked since. We've had 20 years where this country has not been attacked. Now, a lot of you kids in college, you were not born or a year or two old, your parents and your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts, ask them about what happened 20 years ago. What the feeling they had as they watched those jets slam into the towers and the towers falling and the ash cloud that lingered over New York for days. You could almost smell the death through your TV. The Pentagon gets wrecked in the fourth flight they fight back, and the plane doesn't go to the White House. It goes to a field in Pennsylvania. Ask them, what was that day like? I'll never forget it. I was not with my family. I was in Las Vegas for a bakery convention. Big one. Bakers from all over the world come selling their different equipment and whatnot. And we got there, and the first day was the 11th. That was the day it was supposed to start. I remember where I was, the room, the TV was turned on. As my roommate and I were you know, getting ready for the morning, and we're watching this unfold. 
and we didn't know what to do. We're like, do we go or do we, I, I don't know what we do. We went down to the lobby in the casino and there wasn't one slot machine sound. There was no coin. Back in the day, coins actually fell on the machine before a little paper ticket. There was no noise. Nobody was playing. People are watching the TVs in the bar. Hotel employees stopped everything. Everyone was watching. It was one of the most eerie things I'd ever seen and heard and felt in my life. We got a car. We drove over. Security's up. Police are down. Like, no, shut down. They're shutting down the city. It's, it's done. So my buddy that I was rooming with needed to get home. He was in Northern California and he flew in. There were no flights. So I told him first thing that morning, I said, start calling car rentals. And of course we were about 10 minutes late on that. And I told him, call the car rental places in Barstow, California. It's about an hour and 40 minutes that way back into California. I can get you there. You can pick up a car and you can be home before the day's over. He called, they had cars. So we caravanned out the employees from my company. We got down there, got him into a car and he drove home. And I continued on my way home, talking to my wife, who was with our, our oldest son. He was two years old. He didn't know and nothing about nothing. He just saw the mom was upset. My wife was terrified, scared, what's going on, what's happening. And we had no answers that day. None. People thought planes were going to plow into the stratosphere in Vegas, the big tall building. People thought LA. Everybody that morning and day thought there were more planes coming. There were more attacks. This is just the beginning. Terrified. The terrorists did exactly what they wanted to do. They terrified a planet. And that's why I said before, and I'll say again, that with the emotion, the fear, the reality of that morning, George W. Bush could have, without any country on this planet saying, don't do it, wouldn't have said a word. They would have just, I know what you could do what you got to do, man. And they could have wiped out Afghanistan right then and there. The president could have gotten on TV and told the entire Muslim world, knock it off. You do it again, Mecca's gone. We've had it with your barbaric, almost prehistoric attitudes and behavior. We've had it. You want to be an animal? You just stay in your own country and you treat your people like you want. That's your business. You leave those borders and come into Russia, Europe, Australia, Asia, Africa, Central America, South America, and more even North America. We will bomb you out of existence. You work with the, with the planet and join civilization, or you just stay there and just do your thing. And if your people are going to stand up, well, you might help out. We might not. But that's a you problem, not a me problem. But I'll never forget 9-11. And more importantly, I'll never forget 9-12. All of our bullcrap... All of our liberal, conservative, capitalist, communist, it all went away. Everybody was leaning on everybody, supporting them, picking them up. We rose as one. The president stood on the site of the towers. The people said, what are we going to do? And he replied, the American people will hear from us. And the more importantly, those that did this to us will hear from us and the full force of our military. And everybody, for a moment, Took a sigh and went, yeah, this isn't the end. We're just getting started. You poke the bear, we're going to squash the ant. And we got cute about it. So let's wrap this segment up and let's get into what the hell happened this week. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. We spend $250 billion a year on defense. And here we are. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. This segment is for everybody, but in particular, if you have or know or are listening and you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you know, fill in the blanks. I want you to be aware. We intentionally play sound bites from videos for you all to share. You may have noticed I rarely, if ever, play Fox News. I don't play Newsmax. I don't play those kind of things. I'm that guy. I'm the Fox News opinion, more or less. I'm the Rush Limbaugh. I'm the Mark Levin. I'm the Dan Bongino. I'm the guy that's telling you what's going down. So playing it is redundant. What I like to play, as you all know, is the stuff from CNN and MSNBC and NBC and ABC and CBS and CNBC because there's twofold. And this week, you're going to be like, what? You're gonna, you're, if you're a Democrat, you're going to be so confused because you always do what they tell you more or less. You agree with it all the time. And you're going to have a really hard problem because the left-wing media in this country is incinerating Biden and the Pentagon. Incinerating. And in past clips, there's sometimes, you'll see, I play out for the hypocrisy. You know, CNN or whatever will say one thing, and then the next hour or day, they, they say the other thing. They just, there's no consistency. And that's what I like to play for you so you can get it. If you listen to this garbage, you have to understand they're just playing an agenda that fits the moment of the narrative. That's it. And it flips right back because they have an agenda. They want to break this country down. And you may be all for that. Sad, but here we are. But when this all went down, so this was last Saturday and Sunday, and then I released the podcast on Monday with an update, and this is Tuesday, and everybody's wondering. Because at this point, the chairman, Chairman Joe, you know, the, the guy that got all those votes, uh, he was on vacation. He was at Camp David. And if you haven't seen it, when he's getting a briefing, he's in the Camp David conference room that has about 20 chairs, and he's the only one in it. And he's got, I think it's like a Brady Bunch screen. It's like a tic-tac-toe, nine, nine screens up there. And he's got CIA locations up there that actually say the location. And they're filming this. I'm like, you just compromised two CIA. Nice. And people even call him like, dude, how did anyone not like blur that or not allow the cameras in there? They just showed where we have two that we didn't even uh, know. Well, now you do. Everybody knows. So it's like you compromised the CIA. Brilliant. But I got five little clips. They're from CNN. They're from MSNBC. They're from CBS. And they're all asking a question. Where's Joe? When's he going to speak? Still no word from uh, President Biden today. Uh, there are many who are asking, where's the president? When's he going to address the nation on this? Will he anytime soon? 
Yeah, as of now, Fred, there are no indications that President Biden is going to address the nation on the situation unfolding in Afghanistan. Uh, a pretty remarkable uh, at the fact that uh, today, as of now, it appears that the Taliban have indeed entered Kabul, are in the presidential palace, and for all intents and purposes are in charge of the country uh, 20 years after a U.S.-led invasion ousted a Taliban government from power in Afghanistan. So the, 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 the history and the moment that we are in today certainly would call uh, for hearing from the president of the United States at some point. Where where is the president? You know, why why isn't he communicating fulsomely to the American people? The president has been deeply engaged in all of the policy conversations and in this situation as it evolves in real time. We have uh, met with the president and his entire national security team uh, daily and often multiple times a day. That's going to continue uh, again today. Uh, the president has spoken to this issue a number of times in, in recent weeks. He, we expect he has that he not will speak looked, to it again. John, totally different story than a few weeks ago, right? I mean, why isn't he out there now? Kabul fell yesterday. Where is the president? Uh, I mean, again, uh, Brianna, the president has spoken to this extensively, and I expect that he will speak to it again soon. Soon. In the coming days, should we hear something from him today? Do you expect that? It seems like the moment demands that. I'm not going to get ahead of uh, both decision-making and announcements on this. All I can say at this point is that we expect the president again to address uh, the American people on Afghanistan, and as soon as we have more to say about that, we will. Hey, John, good morning. It's Jonathan Lemire. When will we, when will the American people hear from President Biden about the situation in Afghanistan? I expect you'll hear from the president in the coming days. I don't want to get ahead of uh, any announcement that he may have. The president has spoken to this issue uh, quite extensively, and I, and I know that he will have more to say. When uh, is the president going to address the country on this? Everybody's waiting to hear from him. Well, the president has been uh, deeply engaged hour by hour in working through this contingency plan. We see that, but we haven't heard from him, Jake, in the short time we have left. Can you tell us when he's going to speak to us about it? I think you can expect him to speak to the country soon. He hasn't put a definitive time on it. Mm -hmm. I'll, I won't get ahead of our press team in terms of announcing that. But in the meantime, what he's going to do is stay laser focused on the task at hand with his national security team. That's what he's been doing. There is... Um, in fact, very little he can say that is good news. He is the commander in chief. There was clearly an intelligence failure from his team, from people who report to him. So that is what is behind the, the uh, delay having him address the uh, nation on this. They simply yeah. do not know exactly at this point what he is going to say. It has been six days since we have heard from President Biden on Afghanistan, and things have changed dramatically there, as we can see. That's an understatement of the highest proportions here. So. This wasn't Fox News just railing against the incompetent one, the potato. No, the entire media is like, where the hell is he? Well, you know, he's spoken on this, not in six days when this all went to hell in a handbasket under his leadership. He's hiding up at Camp David doing God knows what with God knows who, while our entire Middle East operation in Afghanistan is collapsing in front of us. And he can't be bothered? The answer to that, I hope you all understand, was no, you can't bother him. He's Joe freaking Biden, the smartest foreign affairs president we've ever had. That's what they were telling everyone. And we were telling you all that voted for him, he's been wrong every time. A situation come up for a vote and he said, yeah, it was a no. And if he went, no, it was a yeah. I will remind you, when we went after Osama bin Laden in Pakistan, 
and we knew exactly where it was, and they sent in the SEALs, and one Rob O'Neill shot him right in the face. Hoorah! Joe Biden sat next to President Obama and told him in front of all those generals and admirals, everybody, Hillary was in the room. She was the Secretary of State. He said, don't do it. Don't do it. Same guy that was whispering in Clinton's ear back in 93 when we had them all lined up at a funeral. Tomahawk ready to roar. Don't do it. If you pay attention to what they say and do, you will sense a pattern. Joe Biden doesn't give a crap about any of you American citizens, whether you got an R or a D next to your name. If you haven't figured it out yet, most, if not all of these Democrats and some of these Republicans don't care about you. They like their power. They like their money. But we're sitting here wondering where the leader of the free world is, and he's being fed baby food and getting it on his chinny chin chin. He's playing bingo with the rest of the gray hairs out of Camp David. I mean, come on. He then took the helicopter. He took Marine One. He flew to the White House. He stumbled, mumbled, bumbled off the helicopter into the White House, sat down, presumably, because, you know, get tired. He was briefed, given a speech, and about 15 minutes later, he walked out. The press corps is, I mean, they're there. They're drooling to get a piece of this guy. Like, what the is going on? He gives about a 17-minute speech that was full of hypocrisy and contradiction. That's all it was. It was literally an 80-some-year-old man with dementia babbling like an idiot. He said, the buck stops here. He said that once or twice. <laughs> oh, before all that, he said, well, the Afghan government, it's their fault. Well, yeah, you gave them nothing but money, and you expected this to work out. They were just criminal, taking your money. I told you the president of Afghanistan bailed. He took off the day before I, I released last week's podcast. Yeah, he literally took as much of his cash he could fit in a helicopter, stuffed it in there. It all didn't fit, by the way. Flew to the airport and got the hell out of Dodge. He landed at the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, and they've given him asylum. I'm sure it cost at least half of what was in that helicopter, but he's free and gone. He took American dollars and bought his freedom, and flushed his own people down the toilet. But I'm supposed to care. Their leader doesn't care. The Taliban doesn't care, but I'm supposed to care. We'll get more into that. He blames the Afghan military for not wanting to fight. They just fell down and flopped. And in this speech, he talks about how, you know, they were fighting, and then they weren't fighting, and then they're fighting. He was just all over the place. It was so absurd. I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And of course, it's Trump's fault because, well, Trump made a, a, a deal with the Taliban. Yeah, he did. This is what I want to do, and this is what you're going to do, period. If you don't do this, you're fired. For a moment, for those that hated Trump, and those like me that kind of didn't think he was all that sharp, but he was better than the alternative, look at the man and what he does and what he said. Okay? Do you think for a second, two months ago when the Taliban started creeping in, and taking outlying villages along the borders of Iran and Pakistan. Do you think Trump wouldn't have gone and told the Pentagon, get me that son of a bitch on the phone, or however he did it, and said, I told you that if you came in, I was going to get you. Look up. He would have bombed the crap out of him. 
There was no way Trump and that ego would allow some tally scumbags make him look a fool. No way. He would have punched them in the mouth with everything minus nukes. Everything. Just blown them off the planet. And he would have had his chest out, puffy, puffy, and the media would have called him everything in the book. But he would have done that. And if you don't think for a second he wouldn't have, you weren't paying attention to what he was about at all. But he wasn't in office for the last seven months. They knew what was in office. A potato who they know doesn't give a crap about his own people, let alone the Afghans. I mean, there are reports out there, you know, for what it is, but it is a report and it is government related that 10 years ago, Biden said, F them when referring to the Afghan people. F them. Okay. I mean, when you see what's going on and how he did want to talk about it, it still hasn't really. Can you for a second go, That sounds about right. If for someone that's behaving this way, probably did say that. Take it for what it's worth, but you're all intelligent. You can think, is it probable? Yeah. Is it likely? Yeah. He's a boob. That's how boob talks. Trump was the same way. Do you realize we're, you know, what we're doing here? (laughs) Maybe we should start electing someone that can say something other than F that. Maybe. I don't know. Just maybe. I'm, t- I'm over platitudes and cliches and there's people out there, but you know, we'll see what happens, but he blames everybody else, but the book stops here. Then as he's talking about the Afghan military, just dropping weapons and running away, he concludes his speech, the media pool, they're just lined up to ask a buttload of questions because he didn't answer anything. He turns and he walks away like a pathetic old man that he is and goes out the door, back to the grass, into Marine One, and leaves. Do you not find the irony and the hypocrisy and all that? He's blaming other people for bailing, and the guy just bailed. I got a clip from ABC News. Here is ABC's, the guy's name's Moran. He's not a Republican. This was his take on what I just gave you. He blamed the Afghan government. He blamed Afghan troops. He blamed the Afghan people who uh, had decided, he said some had decided that they wanted to wait a while to see uh, if they could get out in an orderly fashion. He did not in any way accept responsibility for the catastrophe that's unfolding in Kabul. And I think missed a moment to uh, demonstrate the kind of leadership to live up to that saying, the buck stops here. An important point, Terry. That was left-wing political analyst, Terry Moran from ABC News. He just babbled nonsense and left. I've got another clip. This is from a former CIA analyst. His name is Matt Zeller. This is what he said about the speech. I hope he gets to own their deaths too. I, I don't, I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold faced lie in that speech. The idea that we planned for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. He was on MSNBC. That's where that clip came from. And that was during Brian Williams, 
Uh, you all remember him. He's the two-bit political hack that he lies all the time. He literally took up for Biden. That was the one show I saw out there that actually defended. Like, oh, he's amazing. Everyone else like, what do you want, dope? I mean, yet the Times, the Post, every other channel, all the programs are roasting this guy's nuts. But no, Brian Williams is always going to, I'm going to plant my liberal flag and I will never let go. Never. They're talking about all these contingencies. They were all thought of. No, they were not. I'm going I'm to give you some information that they all had, and this is what they did with it. You've heard me talk about Bagram, Bagram Air Base. It was, under our control, we built it up. It was originally built by the Soviets, and then we took it, and we used it. It was literally the most impenetrable fortress on this planet. It was in a huge valley where the kill zone around the border walls of this base, and there were walls around this base. This base is huge. Two of the biggest runways on the planet were there. Any aircraft, space shuttle included, could land on that thing if it needed to. We had our medical there. We had a big prison there. We had all of our equipment, resources, supplies. were all within the confines of this massive base in a valley where when you looked over the wall, you had 20 to 30 plus miles of open, flat ground that we like to call a kill zone. The Taliban were scared to death of coming within 50 miles of this thing because they'd be dead. They purposefully went completely around until in the middle of the night, our Pentagon pulled out everything and left the prisoners there. They pulled out. They just took off. We left the biggest, most impenetrable, defensible space in all of Afghanistan. We left it so we could defend an airport in Kabul. And then you see this chaos unfold. These are the people telling you, we knew this was going to happen. This was the best plan. The best plan? The State Department wasn't even made aware that this was going to happen, and it was their responsibility to get the American citizens and the Afghan interpreters out. But Joe's got a plan. We got to go. We got to go right now. So they shut down the base. And then they pulled everyone out. And now we've shipped another 5,000 troops into a local airport. You go to your local airport, wherever you're at, and you go, there's 7,000 troops there now. You got the Marine Expeditionary Force there. You got the 82nd Airborne there. And you got the last 2,500 that were there. That's it. And I told you, all those guys, hundreds and hundreds of uh, Afghanis trying to get on a C-17 plane. You saw the photo. There were 840 people on that plane that day. People were falling off the outside, the guys that clung on like dumbasses and fell thousand feet to their death. Okay. You're brave enough to do that, but you're not brave enough to pick up a gun and fight. Okay. I just, I don't understand that mentality. It's not like the people in the towers that were jumping, they had a choice. Burn, jump, and hope. It's the saddest, most, it was just horrific. Seeing there goes another body. I couldn't even watch. Nobody could. Everyone just turned away. I don't even want to see. I don't even want to know. But these guys are climbing on the planes they can't get into and then falling to death because their choice was pick up a weapon and defend your family, defend your country. But they don't care about any of that. It doesn't mean anything to them. I told you, these are prehistoric, barbaric people that have no concept of any of this and never will. Never will. The Taliban, like they did before, will erase everything that was accomplished in 20 years. Everything. They were painting white and black paint People own businesses that had pictures of women for like a hair salon, just painting right over it. Make it go away before they get here. 
that'll just piss them off. They just fold and cave. But we had Bagram that we could have right now, impenetrable. We could coordinate getting people from A to B, B being Bagram. Do you know right now the French and British special forces are leaving the airport on the regular, going into Kabul, getting their citizens, and driving back? We're not. Do you know how infuriated the 82nd Airborne and the Marines are? Their job is to kill bad guys. And they're grabbing babies that are like six months old from their mommies that are giving them to the Marines and picking them up with one hand over the barbed wire wall over to the safe side. That's what we're doing. That's our contingency. We've thought about all this. That's the best they could come up with. There was a term from back in World War II called FUBAR. Applies then and it applies now. Do you know what FUBAR stands for? Here it is. F***ed up beyond all recognition. It's a cluster. This is the monkey helping the football. The leadership doesn't have a clue. The State Department sent a document that had like 30 signatures from people in there, in the embassy in Kabul, telling Blinken, who's the Secretary of State, 30 days ago, this is going to end bad and really quick. We need to be more prepared for this. He acknowledged knowing of the document and reading it, and here we are. I told you five weeks ago, and I'm not in the Pentagon at the moment. Nope. I'm looking around. I'm in the LUA podcast studios. And I knew this was going to happen. I'm not a smart man, but I know what terrorism is. Come on. So it makes me wonder. And I had this thought. You know, China and Russia, they can't. They're, they're, they're just chomping at the bit to get in with us leaving. And they'll just take Bagram. If they wanted it so bad... Would that not be a clue that you might want to keep it? Have a presence. Again, just psychological in most parts, we wouldn't have to do much of the heavy lifting at all. Haven't had to do much of that in the last year. The Afghans were doing Afghan things. That's the plan. Just give it up. One of the five tribal Taliban leaders that's running this sideshow that was sitting right next to that guy in the palace, I can't even pronounce his name. I'm going to try. He's a scumbag. He's a tally Al-Qaeda scumbag. We caught him, threw him in jail. Do you remember Bo Bergdahl? He was the guy that went missing. And we sent guys out looking for him. And we lost, I believe, three soldiers in the hunt trying to find Bo. Well, see, Bo didn't get lost. No. Bo went AWOL. He left willingly. This was during Obama. And Obama traded five ultra bad guys for a traitor. But Obama didn't think he was a traitor. He'd like to. That's not a traitor. Eric's a traitor. Yeah, okay. One of those five that he let go for Bo Bergdahl is sitting in that presidential palace planning this whole thing. He's the brains behind it. He told guys at Bagram and Gitmo, I'll see you soon enough. He knew he was going to get out. He knew. They have the patience of Job. They will wait for generation after generation. And the political landscape of America and the West We're so flip-floppity inconsistent. We will just choose door number two just to spite you, even though one was the right one. And they know it was the right one. They're not on the line. They've got nothing to lose. What do you think Joe Biden gives a crap? He's 80-some years old with dementia. Clock is ticking. He doesn't care. He's literally lighting this country on fire. And now he's trying to get the world to burn as he rolls out that door to hell because that's where he's going. But then I started thinking the Pentagon 
is the one that initiated this this thing. They're like, okay, the president says this is what we're doing, then this is how we're going to do it. And they did this. Almost, was it purposeful? Did they purpose? I mean, I, I, they're either Miley and uh, Secretary of Defense Austin, they're either literally the most incompetent, clueless military leader human beings ever, or they're playing the game. Yeah, give the meathead what he wants. The potato wants to do this? Yeah, we'll embarrass him. We'll make him look like a fool. We'll get what we want. What is the Pentagon's sole purpose? Win a war. Well, if we're pulling out, we ain't going to have a war. Maybe they want us to stay. And if they can embarrass and make this look as horrible as possible, embarrass him so bad that his only resort is, because I told you, there's likely going to be, and I think it's already started, a Somali type of exit. Marines. Soldiers are going to fall trying to go get the Americans out there. And the tally's going to have no problem just whacking anything it can. And his reaction is quit and run and just leave the Americans behind or dump 30,000 Americans and try to take Bagram back, which we could. There will be lives lost doing it, but we'll take it back. Is it possible that the Pentagon is just wants the war and we're kind of mad that they weren't going to, that they were being told to leave. So they screwed up the, the leave on purpose. Told the old man what he wanted to hear. Man said, go for it. They did it. Now it's all in the old man. It's not their fault. I don't know. I think it's a bit of both. But I know this. There are a lot of conniving, self-interest-serving, political, partisan hacks that fill the hallways of the Pentagon and the CIA and the FBI and definitely the White House. They don't care about any of you. That's why when my dad told me I, I can't join the military and told my brother the same thing, I told my boys. I don't want you anywhere near it. You do not want to be a political pawn. And for those that do it and went in and didn't know any different, I pray for you. For those that did know, I pray, I pray for you all. If you're willing to put on the uniform with all of this going on, it's like they're the fishermen. You're the bait on the hook for the big fish. I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And that's not how you fight, but that's how we're doing it. I told you, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, He's the really, he's like six foot eight. He's a huge black guy. He doesn't like America at all. Here's what he had to say about the disorderly withdrawal. I told our allies that no matter what the outcome of our review, the United States will not undertake a hasty or disorderly withdrawal from Afghanistan that puts their forces or the alliance's reputation at risk. That's your secretary of defense, who in the beginning acted just like that. He said all that. We're not going to withdraw too quickly and have chaos and we're not going to embarrass anyone or jeopardize our, and they did exactly all of that. Everything he just said, they failed. They've embarrassed this country. They've put lives in danger, allies and our own. This is the best they could come up with. Biden has not had a conversation with any world leader until about a day ago. He called uh, Boris up in England. That was it. I got a clip. I'm going to play it. He didn't call anybody before, during, and after. I'm spending every hour I have focused on how we execute the mission we have before us, which is getting all of these people out. Yes. Okay, two questions for you. One, has the president spoken to any other world leaders since Kabul fell to the Taliban? Sorry, I was looking at the wrong person. Uh, He has not uh, yet spoken with any other world leaders. Myself, Secretary Blinken, uh, several other senior members of the team have been engaged on a regular basis with foreign counterparts 
and we intend to do so in the coming days. Right now, the main issue is an, an operational issue. It's about how we coordinate with them to help them get their people out. And we are operating through uh, logistical channels and policy channels to try to make that happen. Yes. That, if you didn't know, is a 40-year-old Yale graduate. His name is Sullivan. He is the National Security Advisor for Secretary of State. That's what this guy does. He doesn't know jack about anything. People are starting to say Yale apparently is nothing more than a community college that wants a fortune. It's a joke. This guy, he goes on. He had a heck of a week. A heck of a week. I got another clip. We left on purpose. The, the DOD, the Pentagon, the president left weapons in the country and didn't get them out. Left them. They left helicopters. They left drones. I believe they have left tanks, Abrams. They have the top secret number. We left them. Not so top secret anymore. All that crap's being sold to Pakistan, Iran, and China and Russia. Top dollar gets it so they can reverse engineer and figure out what we do so they can kill us. Hey, remember that bait on the hook I was telling you about? That'd be you all. They left everything there. And this jack-off was asked about it. Play the clip. Yes. Um, what happens to the billions of dollars worth of weaponry that the U.S. gave Afghanistan? Does the U.S. have a plan for that, or does it remain in the Taliban? We don't have a complete picture, obviously, of where every article uh, of defense materials has gone, but certainly a fair amount of it has fallen into the hands of the Taliban. And uh, obviously, we, we don't have a sense that they are going to readily hand it over to us at the airport. This jackass is responsible and in charge of something important. And nobody knows. We just know, well, the Taliban have it. And I'm sure if we ask, they'll give it back. There's this illusion that somehow the Taliban have become enlightened, that they'll have conversations and women will get to go live their lives and all the stuff we left behind. Oops, we left so fast we forgot. Can we have that back? Absolutely. Come on over and get your goodies. They have no concept that this stuff is already in Iran, Pakistan. I mean, they say they, they flew into Uzbekistan and somewhere else. They're flying everywhere with our stuff. That's not our stuff anymore. And China's going to send, and Russia's going to send, and Pakistan, they're all going to send in their scientists and their military people. They're going to figure this stuff out. They're going to figure it out. And that puts American lives in danger, which goes back to Biden and the rest of these people. Don't give a crap. The Pentagon doesn't give a crap. Your bait on a hook. This is why I played the clip. For funny, but for reality. I wouldn't trust these retards with a potato gun. Would you? Come on. I mean, there's stupid, there's incompetent, and there's just retarded. And this is not an insult to people, you know, that have children and whatnot that are... Back in the day, we would label as retarded or whatever. No, no, they're amazing. These guys have redefined retarded. They are fucking idiots. I got another clip from one General Taylor, two-star general, Pentagon. He's asked about the equipment, and this is what this dumbass says. General Taylor? Okay. Uh, general, has the U.S. military conducted any airstrikes today or in the last 24 hours or so? And also, there have been some reports of Afghan pilots um, flying their aircraft into other countries. Um, is that happening? And is the U.S. taking any other sort of steps to prevent 
aircraft or other military equipment from falling into the hands of the Taliban. Yeah. First on the uh, first question on the strikes. Um, no, no strikes have been conducted in the last uh, 24 hours, but uh, the commander on the ground continues uh, to maintain that capability if required uh, to do so. Uh, the commander has the assets uh, that are available uh, there at HKI and in support uh, from other areas of, of the region. Um, I, I don't have information on the uh, your second part of the question, uh, but uh, we'll get back to them. Uh, so there's no no U.S. actions being taken to prevent equipment from falling into the hands of the Taliban by destroying it or anything else. I don't have the, that answer to that question. You don't have the answer. I don't know. Why would you ask me a question? I, I don't know. Why does it matter? I mean, it's just important stuff that keeps my guys alive. I don't know. It's just national secrets and property. I don't know. So if the Chinese and the Russians get it and Iran gets it, and I don't know. It's like talking to a 13-year-old, isn't it? For those that had a teenager and you're like, why'd you do that? I don't know. What were you thinking? I don't know. You're sensing a theme and a connection between the two? If not, how about this? They've been asking the media, the State Department, which was their responsibility, the Department of Defense and the Pentagon, which is also, you know, part of their responsibility, and they've been asking the White House, but nobody's home. How many Americans are in Afghanistan? Let's play some clips. Oh, today, if I can get some specifics here, how many Americans do you believe to be in Afghanistan right now? Well, we think there are certainly thousands of Americans. I, we don't have an exact uh, count. Uh, I would say somewhere, uh, best guess, between five and 10,000 that are, uh, that are, uh, are near Kabul. Uh, there was a message put out by the Secretary of sorry, the State Department today uh, advising uh, those Americans uh, uh, about how to queue up and how to get to the airport uh, so, so that we're, now that security is better, uh, they don't need to necessarily shelter in place and they can begin uh, movement to the airport for process. Processing for flights out. Information is not complete by August 31st, and there are Americans and Afghan allies who remain there. Will U.S. troops stay until everyone is out, or will they leave? So I'm not going to comment on hypotheticals. What I'm going to do is stay focused on the task at hand, which is getting as many people out as rapidly as possible, and we will take that day by day. So you can't commit to yes. bringing back every American. There's, you, there's a large number of. You know, I, I, I've covered all sorts of crazy situations. This was mayhem. This was nuts. This was impossible for an ordinary civilian, even if they have their paperwork. No way they're running that gauntlet. No way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's, it's very dicey. It's very dangerous. And it's completely unpredictable. There's no order. There's no coherent system for processing people, separating those with papers from those who don't have papers. And honestly, to me, it's a miracle that more people haven't been very, very seriously hurt. They don't have a clue. Word is there could be up to 15,000 American citizens in Afghanistan. Why? I don't know. I know there's teachers and businessmen and security and Blackwater. I know about all that stuff. But they're there. You know, there's a lot of humanitarian things going on, you know, for the people trying to help them and all admirable. But Biden pulled the rug and, and flipped the switch on this so fast. The State Department had no time to notify these people that they needed to be somewhere and get out of their ASAP. For those that do make it, we are charging them $2,000 plus per person to get out. Afghans are free. We have to pay over two grand to get them out. Okay. To date, this was as of Thursday, August 19th, okay? We've uh, 
removed 3,000 people from Afghanistan. 3,000. Of that number, 300 were American. Reporters from CNN and the like are out there. Americans can't, you heard it, they can't get anywhere. There's roadblocks, they're being beaten, passports are being confiscated. You can see the walls of the airport, it's chaos. It is beyond chaotic and violent going on out there. And we've just got Americans out there, and we're not going to get them. Again, remind me how Democrats and Joe Biden give a crap about anything. They don't care about those people that are there. It's fair to say that the people that went there on humanitarian reasons for teaching and medical and stuff like that may perhaps be a little left-leaning and, and, and drank the Kool-Aid. And now he's just washed his hands of you. Neat, right? How awesome is that? The media asked, Defense Secretary Lloyd, can you get them all out? Do you have the capability to go out and collect Americans? We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people. Bar. No. Wait, what? So the French and the English can send out their special forces into the city of Kabul and grab their people. They don't have like two people out there either. They got several hundred you know, or more out there. And they're scooping them up, bringing them in, scooping them up, bringing them in. Can we get our guys? Nope. Remember, their words, we planned for every contingency possible. This week, the potato just had a sit-down, they were like 15 feet apart, conversation with George Stephanopoulos for Good Morning America about what's been going on. And this is what the potato said. Back in July, you said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Was the intelligence wrong or did you downplay it? I think uh, there was no consensus. If you go back and look at the intelligence reports, they said that it was more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. You didn't put a timeline out when you said it was highly unlikely. You just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. Yeah. See, ABC tried to do something good with George Stephanopoulos and put the potato on the spot. They removed over 900 words by Biden in this interview. So he said a lot worse than he just did. I literally believe that what was said in that conversation has been removed that we'll never see unless someone leaks it, we pray. Ends the presidency. It should be over anyway. We'll get that at the end. But he talked about how we don't even have troops in Syria. We have 900 troops in Syria because he wants them there. He talked about, he literally put his hand and he knocked on a table and said, knock on wood. No one's been killed yet. The day before, there were reports of 12 that were murdered. There was another report in another province that three were murdered. As of Friday, August 20th, there are mass killings and hangings going on. The Taliban is cutting loose. They're beating women already. This isn't me just saying it to get excited. This is CNN lady in her burqa telling the story because she's in the streets. This is people in the studios that have relationships with people over there that are being told firsthand knowledge. Yes, they came last night. I had to relocate. I had to. He's knocking on wood that no one's dying. Perhaps he missed the people that fell off the plane. That was like five days ago. By the time you hear this, it's like over a week ago. People are dying. And as far as we don't know, Americans are likely among them. But we don't know. We don't even know where they are, who they are, and we don't even know if we can get them. We don't have the capability. They planned for all of this. And this is the best they could come up with. Are we this clueless? I, I think they are. 
especially like the people in the Secretary of State Department, <laughs> they don't have a clue. The Pentagon, I think, is playing political agendas and games to manipulate what they know is a potato, that he is a dementia-ridden fool that they've installed into power, and they're going to use and abuse and embarrass this guy at all sense. General Miley, he's, I, I, I mistakenly referenced him last week, chief of staff. I was getting all hot and bothered, and I didn't catch it. He is not the chief of staff. He's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So when you have the president making his State of the Union and you see all the armed forces re- represented in the row, he's the guy. He's their boss. The entire military answers to him. He answers to the president. Guy, he's got angry face. We call, you know, we talk about women have resting bitch face. <laughs> this guy's got that. He's got resting angry bitch face. Always. He's the one that sat in front of Congress and talked about racism, CRT. And remember, when you talk about it, you usually, you know, you're pointing fingers and you got three pointing back. This guy is OG. He is old school. He's just being called on his own stuff, but he's blaming the youth of today, which are, don't have a problem with any of this. But they're spending all this time teaching all you white airmen, soldiers, marines, and sailors how racist you are because you were born white. That's his focus. As you can tell clearly, because no one's got their eye on anything outside this, the, the barracks, the bases, and the ships. They're just focused on trying to straighten that up. That doesn't exist. Well, they let Afghanistan, with all contingencies being considered, this is happening. I'm going to play a clip. It's a little longer. It's, it's uh, like two and a half minutes. It's CNN. And they have a panel. And they just go out and debunk Biden's lies in that speech. Play the clip. Thing, forgive me, but another thing, I brought this up with Senator Hirono. He's not the only one. They keep talking about this 300,000 strong Afghan army. That's just a lie, and they all know it. Um, you'd be lucky if you could fill a football stadium with the P- Afghan military that put on their uniform. And anybody who has served there, any contractor who has been there, any NGO that's gone in there for charitable work or food and hunger would tell you that for the last 20 years. That, that number is effectively meaningless. And we've, we've had that proven over and over again over the last couple of weeks as, you know, one by one, you've seen these provincial capitals fall and ultimately Kabul fall. The, the Afghan military, yes, had been trained. Yes, in theory, they had the capability and the capacity to fight, but they didn't fight. And, and that has always been the question that Pentagon officials have had, that NGOs, anybody on the ground has had. Yes, you can train. Yes, you can spend money there. But would they actually put up the fight? And now we know that they did. It's why they told George W. Bush, he had to stay. It's why they told Barack Obama he had to stay, and it's why they told Donald Trump he had to stay, and it's why they told Joe Biden that if you go, it will be very complicated. Here's another piece of it, the president talking about uh, why it was important to take control of the Kabul airport. We're in a position where what we did was we took precautions. That's why I authorized that there be 6,000 American troops to flow in to accommodate this exit. Number one and number two provided all that aircraft in the Gulf to get people out. We pre-positioned all of that, anticipated that. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. Two things there. Number one, this one might be nitpicking, but he says we pre-positioned all that. That's not true. Uh, many troops were already there. There were troops moved to the region, but some troops left Fort Bragg, the 82nd Airborne, after after the Taliban took power. They were not all prepositioned. Perhaps that's a nitpick. But this is what struck me. This is an American president. We have to gain control of this. That is an admission you lost control of this. 
I mean, I'll, I'll nitpick a little further with you. And I, the, the administration keeps on telling us, on the one hand, um, they didn't see how fast this would happen, that the Taliban moved way quicker than even the intelligence assessment said. On the other hand, they said we had to move really quickly so that we could ensure the safety of our embassy staff. And so there's a lot of contradiction there in terms of, well, did you know or did you not know? And unfortunately, a lot of got, lines got crossed in between. And so we had this scramble last week in the few days before the Taliban actually reached Kabul. But it's really alarming that they were that close and we still didn't really have a strategy and an exit plan to secure all of our embassies yeah. to get out. And the, the underlying question is, for a, someone who ran on a platform of leveling with the American people and being catered with the American voter, which he did uh, last year, um, why not level with them on the execution of what happened? So the panel consisted of the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and he had your CNN guy. If you vote for Democrats, if you consider yourself a liberal or whatever else, and you think I'm nuts, and I'm hateful, and whatever it is that you got your bug up your butt, and I just played an hour worth of information from the left exposing this absolute sham of a government, and you're like, you're all wrong. If you still think that, there is no hope for you, and... uh Maybe you should take a vacation to Afghanistan, see how that goes for you. Resignations or firings, nothing's happened. <laughs> I mean, top to bottom, inside out, they got to go. We had control of Afghanistan for 20 years. And I told you now five weeks ago, this was going down in flames, quick. And every bit of that absolutely is happening. We had control. We got everybody. He sent everybody home. And we all oh, got things all laid out. No, we didn't. This is all reactionary to stupidity and cluelessness. Just incompetence. How has the Secretary of State Blinken, you know, the horrible singer band, did you look him up and watch for eight seconds and, and kind of throw up in your mouth? How has he not resigned? He is responsible for those Americans, 10, 15,000, who knows, they don't know, that are in Afghanistan. He was responsible for them all. He's still there. And if he was overridden, then why don't you resign? See, if you messed up, you're fired. If mistakes happen in spite of your advice and information, and the president or whoever says no, then you resign. You go, then it ain't me. Wash my hands of you. I'm done. No one's done that. The Pentagon, you've got General Dumbass Miley, Mr. Resting Angry Big Face. Where are you at, sir? Did you advise this? Are you Were you cool with this going in? Did you, are there documents that say you were? You should be fired immediately. And if you said the opposite, that we can't do this, we can't do that, what you're doing is setting up a major thing, and there's documentation on that, you should resign and leave this potato to drown because he should be impeached. You want to talk about an impeachable offense? I remind you when COVID started and there wasn't a Democrat on this planet to give a crap about it back in December, January, and February two years ago because they were too busy trying to impeach Trump over something that it maybe could have happened with the Russians, but never, and it never happened. This man shut down the American energy sector and fuel and petroleum, and he opened it up for Russia. He's asking Russia and Saudi Arabia to increase production, but Biden isn't in bed with these people? He's making them rich and costing you all money and taking those jobs away out of spite. This in Afghanistan is absolutely impeachable. That's why he's not going anywhere. That's why he's not answering a damn question from 300 media hawks that want blood. 
They want to be the one to create the news. Who can get that some bitch to quit? What kind of story would that be? Then we get the absolutely clueless and incompetent, no one's heard from her, you know, the President Harris. Remind you, she bragged about being the last person in the room with Joe and like, yeah, this is a great plan. Let's get out the way you got. This is the way to go. She's gone like a fart in the wind. She's gone. No one knows where she is. She's not speaking to anybody about anything. No one's resigned. No one's been fired. And this ain't over. The Taliban every day will get bolder and bolder, and they will get more of their people in Kabul, and they will have numbers, and they will either just from the airport out just start killing everything, or they'll turn the guns on the airport. But they're in the city. They ain't going to bomb the city. If you weren't going to nuke, if you're not going to do any of that stuff, you're going to bomb the city now? They're not going to do any of this. American blood is going and is being spilled right now. And it's going to only get worse. Refugees. Now they're talking about, this is where the left media this week just lost its mind. Oh, we got to get them all out. Oh, there's like 36 million of them. They're talking about bringing millions of Afghanis to America right now. They don't know who they are, what they are, where they do, where they've been. These are prehistoric, barbaric people that don't speak our language, that have no idea how to live in a civil world. They cut the heads off their daughters because they were seen with somebody. They cut, ha- they cut heads off. And we're just going to bring them on in. No one thinks for a second, wait, that might not be a good idea because um, what if... This starts happening. What do we do? It's called Sharia. That's how they live, and that's how they will live. Here, the Constitution and laws, that does not apply to them. They do not recognize you. You're playing a sucker. They want that world. They're not willing to defend that world. They can keep that world. And when they stick their head out again and attack somebody and murder people, you better have the stones to once and for all send that message. As for the Americans, you're on your own. You're on your own. We are praying for you that you can find a way to get, uh, but frankly, it's likely too late and then they're going to become hostages that we are going to pay the Taliban. This is what's going to happen. They're just going to start scooping them up themselves. If you want these people, I want this. If you want these people, I want that. And if there are 10, 15,000 of them still out there, this makes the Iran hostage thing look like a joke an insignificant part of history that in 1979 changed and Ronald Reagan routed in two elections. History does repeat itself. If you don't learn from it, and we never do, this is going to happen. So it's fallen, but like I said, it would. They're going to take hostages. They're going to take them. It makes no sense not to. What are you going to do? Drop a bomb on the building I got all the Americans in? No. What are you going to do? Send the SEALs in? No. They get a whiff of it. They all have so many eyes between Kabul and the neighborhoods. They'll be on the phone. Here they come. They'll just start killing them. What's the point? Just start killing them and then leave. Mingle into the crowds and the Americans will show up and there'll be tens, dozens, hundreds of dead Americans. They're not stupid. They're barbaric. They have no conscience. They don't care. And as for the future, terrorism in this country You know, all the left's been worried about for six, seven months is domestic terrorism. That's the big thing. White supremacy. I'm still looking for that. I don't see any of these flags or meetings. I must be not getting any of the memos. I don't see, it's not out there. It's just words being spewed. 
It's a distraction. Domestic terrorism, that's going to be the problem. Oh, 9-11, white people are going to start attacking the country. What? Do you have a clue what 9-11 is even about? I'm pretty sure white supremacists aren't going to be attacking America on 9-11 or let alone, like, uh, I don't know, ever. If they do anything, they're going to go after you, lefty, in power, incompetent idiots. Not saying you should. I, I don't. I think these people should be resigning left and right. But terrorism is our future. It's totally coming back. We will be attacked. And it's, it's not a cliche to say, well, of course, eventually it's going to happen. No, no. It's coming and it's going to come in doses. You know, they'll start probing in Africa and outer areas and they'll get some shots into Europe. And then when they get themselves ready and they got a new plan, you know, trade an Abrams tank for a suitcase nuke. <laughs> okay, take the nuke. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to go to Mexico. And then we're just going to go for a walk. And then we're going to cross a river. And then I'm going to walk into Dallas, Texas. And I'm going to let it off. Because they're not stopping anything. It isn't hard at all. Ah, we're just going to cross the border. I'm going to cross the middle of no man's land out there in Arizona. And to make a left, I'm going to head to San Diego. And I'm going to nuke San Diego. It's right along the border. Piece of cake. I can use drug tunnels. Americans are so stupid, they don't even know we got hundreds of those. We'll just go down a tunnel, pop up a mile or two in the neighborhood. And we'll just get in a car, drive into town, pray Allah, and let it off. And if you don't think this is possible and likely and is going to happen, you're a moron. Chairman Joe, the entire White House staff, the Pentagon, the CIA, the State Department, nobody's quit. No one's resigned. No one's been fired. Why is that not happening right now? Why? Because they don't care about any of you. You are all just bait on a hook. Be the peace. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.